Well, I think you'll agree with me um, that we live in a world where we're being marketed to all the time uh, that we should have a, a perfect life. I mean, that's the goal, it seems, if you look at television and if you read the ads, that we should desire and long for a life without suffering. Uh, there are ads all around us that point to the possibility that there is a perfect life and you can have it. If you just would go on this holiday you know, to this beautiful location or if you would just uh, you know, buy this product or if you would just go on this diet or go to this gym, there's kind of a life there where your life will turn out fine. Uh, the underlying message that we get is that they all are seeming to advertise that there is a life that's ideal without worry, without hassles, and definitely without suffering. In fact, the kind of seems to be a, almost a denial in these marketers' lives, that if there is pain in your life, if there is suffering, it's best to escape to somewhere beautiful or to pretend that there's not as much suffering. Almost like if you just live as though there's no suffering, there won't be any, is one of the messages we get. The other response is, you know, that suffering is so bad that we should just try and avoid it at all costs. And in fact, um, we see this regularly being portrayed. Just this uh, week, there were signs that if you suffer, you're unfortunate and you should try and do everything you can to, to avoid it. And if you can get out of suffering, do it. It's when Philip Nitschke this week uh, was running a, a seminar again, which was closed down by the organisers. But his seminar was just simply on how to kill yourself, you know. Uh, if life is getting too hard, if you're getting too old, if you have a, a, an illness or a suffering or if there's something in your life that is causing pain, come to my seminar and I'll teach you just how to kill yourself. The, that's the, well, the message that comes through is suffering's bad, life without suffering is good, so if you end up having suffering in your life, the easiest way out is just to avoid it. This is the, the world kind of often says to us, that suffering is to be avoided at all costs. Either they pretend that it's not really there or they say, whatever you can, avoid it. Every now and again, though, no matter how much we try and live a life without suffering, no matter how much we try and get everything right in our homes and in our lives, it's inevitable that something will always go wrong isn't it? I mean, the reality is something's always going to go wrong, no matter how perfect we try and make our lives. This is what uh, this guy in this ad uh, was trying to get, the perfect life, I think, without anything going wrong. So let's have a look at him.
So look, let's face up to it. Even if you get one of those huge projectors in your house, something's still going to go wrong like that. Um, the, the truth is that people market to us that we can have it all and we can have a life without suffering because we really long for that, I think. We, we don't want to have pain in our lives. You know, we spend all our lives trying to stop the kids or people in our homes from spilling drinks. We don't like it when plates drop to the ground and smash. We don't like it when our TV breaks down or our iPod has to get sent back for return, repairs. We don't like it when we're in a car accident. We, we don't like it when our best friend kind of turns on us. We don't like it when we lose a loved one when we discover that we have cancer. We don't like it when we get abused by someone we really trusted. It's painful. How can this be anything but bad? We kind of ask ourselves. And when we discover that something's not right, that our desire for a perfect life is kind of interrupted with suffering, at that moment when we realise or get the news, I think you know what it feels like. Our throat gets dry and tightens up. Our heart begins to race and we start to feel sick. It just goes against our hope that things would be better, that life would be free from suffering. As a pastor, I've received many phone calls over the years where people have shared events in their lives. And I've been reminded just so often that suffering is part of life. Phone calls like this, we're separating. Or someone on the other end of the line saying, I've got depression. I have a tumour. I've been abused. Joyce was killed just an hour ago in a car accident. He's at home, not answering his phone. Could you go to see him? I'm afraid he's killed himself. The doctor told me I'm going to have a quadruple heart bypass. I woke up this morning, Jonathan, and my husband lying next to me was dead. I've just found out that I have terminal cancer. Each of these calls come as a complete shock. And each of these calls were cause for grief and sadness. In the world when people faced suffering, People who don't believe in God kind of often take a road that kind of says, well, life is short in this world. We should make the most out of it. And when pain interrupts our desire to live a good life, it's terrible, it's horrible. It's limiting the life uh, that is so short and then you die. You know, it's a bad interruption. It's senseless, it's failure, it's loss. You only get one life, so make the most of it. And suffering comes as a, oh, it's no good. 
As people say, when you, when you face suffering, just let your feelings go. Let, let it out. Tell people how angry you are. Tell people how upset you are that you've had to face this. Give full vent to your anger, to your hurt, to your pain. It's okay if you are a victim in this because it's unfair. Let it all out. Let it all out. Others who kind of believe in some kind of God but have never kind of really understood who God is or what he he does would say that these occurrences in life are a cause for great sadness but they're also a cause for absolute despair. From a world perspective, uh, people blame God, the God they don't really know, and they say things like, if God was, is good, why would he allow this to happen to me? If God is so powerful, why didn't he step in and stop the suffering that I'm facing? Many people see suffering as another failure of a God who doesn't care. People feel abandoned and angry and left alone. And I, I can see kind of the things that the world respond to when it comes to suffering, often getting dragged in to the church. And when we face suffering as Christians, I see a couple of sort of dynamics that go on often. Uh, When we come to know Jesus, we often mistakenly believe that now that we love God and have a relationship with him, because God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, we will have a life that's safe, a life that's free from suffering. But, but, But that's not true. So people who come, become Christians often think that the suffering that they've faced up until the point where they became a Christian was because of the way they sinned and lived their lives. And sometimes it is. If we, if we live in a way that's destructive, often suffering is connected with that. But suffering is not directly always connected with sin. And so people think, now that I'm a Christian, I'm leaving all that pain and suffering behind. And now that I'm trusting in a God who's sovereign and loves me and cares for me, things will be okay. And then suffering hits. And many don't know what to do with it. I thought God would help me. I think God cared. I thought God protected me. We even have little slogans that kind of reinforce the fact that if you trust in God, everything will be all right. Some people say things like, the safest place to be is in the will of God. I have to tell you, it's wrong. Sometimes the most dangerous place to be is in the will of God. Because God's agenda for your life is not that you would be safe. It's that you would be transformed into the kind of follower of Christ that is filled with character and perseverance. That's his goal. The more you surrender to him, the more he will make you more and more like him. The other thing that often happens in the church is when we do face suffering, one of the things we do is just absolutely deny it or stuff our emotions that go with the suffering as far deep down as we can. 
If we feel angry, we never mention it. If we feel hurt, we never say anything about it. Because we have this misunderstanding that Christians shouldn't be, be sad when it comes to suffering. And there's two main verses that kind of uh, people, uh, main passages that people have that says when it comes to suffering, you, you know, you should just put on a happy face and, and cheer up, you know, like suffering's really good, isn't it? And, and one of the verses is where Paul says in Philippians 4, 4, he says, rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always, always. So when you get that phone call, Christians say, some Christians say, that says that someone's passed away, rejoice. When you get the phone call that you discover that your you know, girlfriend wants to dump you, you know, or that your parents are breaking up, rejoice. You know, stuff the feelings that you have right down and then put on a happy face. Rejoice in the Lord always. Other passages that people look at is one that I really want to look at you with tonight. So if you would turn to this passage, it would be great. It's James chapter 1. James chapter 1 and verses 2 to 4. And this passage gives us great, great insight into how God wants us as Christians to respond in the face of a life that's filled with suffering. He says here in James chapter 1 and verses 2 to 4, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Consider it pure joy. Many people look at this verse and look at uh, Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And they say that in the midst of, the, of death and sickness, we should uh, be full of, of joy. And that the way forward for Christians is to submerge pain and abandonment, um, to not be sad, but to be joyful. And what often happens is we live an inauthentic life. We feel upset. We feel hurt. We feel angry because of things that have happened. And instead of actually acknowledging those feelings and are being honest with how we feel to God, Often we think, oh, this is wrong, so let's, we don't know where, what to do with these feelings, but we just try and cover them up and keep them down because we're to consider it pure joy. Doesn't that say that in this passage? Misunderstanding of texts like these um, have led to many painful conversations, situations where one person grieving at a gravesite is told by a Christian friend. Cheer up. <laughs> don't be sad. God's in control. So don't be sad. I'd feel like punching them, wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, is that really what these verses say? Is that really what we're supposed to do? Live inauthentic lives where our feelings and emotions 
and not connected. I think instead of acknowledging our hurts and stuffing it down and thinking that we're being godly, we should acknowledge the pain and the hurt that we feel in times when we lose people we love. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to lie sobbing on the floor when you understand the full impact of the abuse that you had as a child. It's okay to cry your eyes out because your marriage has fallen apart or your parents' marriage is falling to bits. It's okay to grieve and grieve that you have cancer and suffering. But how can I say that in the midst of a Bible verse that says we should consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds? Well, the world says it's despair, so let it out. So in the midst of this, just wallow in the pain of it all and I'm not suggesting that you should just let your emotions go wild and rampant. But what I think this verse is saying is that we're to consider it a pure joy, not that we're suffering. We don't find the suffering joyful or the circumstance of the joy wonderful. I mean, that would be masochist, wouldn't it, to say, I love it when I get you know, diagnosed with cancer. I don't think uh, the writer, James, is saying, when, joy hap- when, when suffering happens to you, be happy about that suffering. I think what he's saying here is, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials, when you have trials coming in your midst, not happy that they're there, but in the midst of this, find joy. What? Not in the trials, but look what the verse says. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature, complete and not lacking anything. So the joy that comes out from deep within us is the fact that in the midst of this horrible, terrible suffering that I'm feeling, which I'm not enjoying and I find it incredibly painful, We find a deep joy knowing that this situation will strengthen our faith as we look to God in the midst of it. And as we continue to look to him in the midst of our suffering and our pain, and as we continue to look to him with faith, even in the midst of our suffering, that we will persevere and we will grow stronger and God can use this terrible suffering for our good. Yeah? Make sense? So we don't rejoice in the actual pain, but in the face of the pain and the struggles, we rejoice that through this pain and suffering, God will strengthen our faith and help us persevere as we look to him. So today, for Christians, right here, as James was writing to the believers who were facing persecution and were facing persecution for their faith, he was saying to them, you're in danger of losing your lives because of your faith. And they didn't want to die and they didn't want to be thrown into prison, but they just couldn't stop. 
proclaiming Christ in the midst of, their, of, of what they were doing. They couldn't stop sharing the gospel. And in the midst of that, they didn't rejoice in the pain that they faced, but they rejoiced that in the midst of sharing their go- the gospel, of living their lives, God was strengthening them and helping them to become perseverers in the faith. Do you know this? For Christians, we're completely different to the people of the world because we actually understand that there is a God who loves us. There's a God who loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us. And we know that God has a purpose behind every problem. I mean, there's a reason for the things that you're facing now in terms of suffering. Uh, There's a reason for what's going on. God can use the things that you are facing right now to develop your character. We don't like what's going on, but God can use them if you will look to him in the midst of the suffering. In fact, do you know what happens? God, I think God depends more on wanting to help you grow and develop into his character, I believe that he depends more on suffering and hardships to help grow us than he does on depending on us reading the Bible, you know, to grow us in our faith. Why why would that be? I think it's because when we're facing sufferings, we face it 24 hours a day. There's always a trial. There's always something that is a struggle. So God often uses these situations time and time again to draw us back to him, to help us surrender before him, and again to grow in our faith and to persevere. So I think tonight for Christians, as we face suffering, the first thing we should do is expect to face Suffering. Don't live in a world where you believe that life without suffering is something that you can achieve. You know, don't spend time trying to organise your life in a way that's free of suffering because we will face suffering. Jesus himself said it. This is what he said in John 16.33. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you'll have trouble. It's going to happen. And the suffering that we face, we need to be aware that it's going to come often. Second thing I think we should remember tonight is that God uses suffering to bring us closer to him. When we keep our eyes fixed on him and we persevere with joy in the midst of the suffering, God's not far off and distance in the midst of our suffering either. The, the Bible says that the Lord is close to us when we suffer. Psalm 34 and verse 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. God is with you right in the midst of your own pain and suffering. And finally, we also learn things about God when we suffer that we can learn, that we can't learn in other ways. You know, when you're suffering and when you're painful, in pain, 
You don't do pious prayers. Have you ever noticed that? You don't kind of sit back and go, oh, God. When you're in pain and suffering, your prayers are heartfelt, crying out. I look back in my life and I can think that some of the most dearest, specialist times have been the most painful times for me. I remember just weeping and crying after uh, Joyce Hollis's funeral in our church. She was tragically killed. I was overwhelmed with sorrow and grief. The whole church was grieving. And when the funeral had finished and was empty, I just felt God had strengthened me through the most difficult time and I just wept right there. I remember sensing God was so close to me in the midst of that time. He was close to us. I wonder in your suffering, are you like the, the person that looked back on the footprints on the beach and when there was just one set of footprints during the difficult times, realised that it wasn't that God had left, but God was carrying them through the hardest times. Do you find that? I think regardless of the causes of your pain and of your suffering, no problems can happen without God's permission. Everything that happens to a child of God, to you and I, God has allowed it to happen. He's not the cause of it. But he doesn't allow you to endure anything. His hands aren't tied. So he wants to use everything that he allows you to face in your life for good. And he wants you to grow through it and be strengthened through it. Everything that happens to a child of God is father-filtered. It's come through God, and he intends it to use it for good. Even if Satan and others mean it for bad, God wants to use it for good in your life. Romans 8, 28 and 29. If you have that there, why don't we just turn there together. Romans 8, 28 and 29. And we know, we who have given our lives to God and we who know God, that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Not all, good, no, not all things are good. Some things are very, very bad. But God works for the good in the midst of the bad for those who love him. This doesn't apply to people that aren't followers of Christ. Followers of Christ don't look to God in the midst of suffering and for them often it just gets worse and worse. But for those who look to their father and, and look for him, look to him for strength in the midst of suffering, they find deep joy knowing that they are those who have been called according to his purpose. For God foreknew, for those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son that he might be the firstborn amongst many brothers. God is wanting you to be conformed to God's, to Christ's image, to become more and more like Christ in this life. He's more concerned about your character than your safety. So when you face circumstances, no matter how painful they are, don't stuff them. Be honest with them. 
Don't wallow in them like a victim and there's like there's no hope. No, acknowledge them to the God who made you, who called you, who loves you and who allows you to face suffering so that your faith can be tested and you can persevere. And know that when you face suffering, God is helping you to become more and more like him. And that should bring us pure joy in the midst of suffering. God is shaping you. God is refining you. God is strengthening your faith. What are you facing right now? Why don't you thank God tonight for the things that you're facing because in those, he's strengthening you as you look to him. Thank God for what you are becoming through the things that you're facing and put your hope in him. And as we go out into this world knowing that life's not all about just making everything right, we have a message to transform this world in. Suffering can be the very means of bringing us closer to God. So as you look to God in the midst of all that you are facing, you'll be a great encouragement to others who don't know what it is to live with a father who loves them and who plans everything out so that we can become more like Christ. Let's pray together, shall we? God, in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our suffering, thank you. Thank you for using these in our lives to bring us closer to you, to help us to become more like you, to transform us into the people that you've called us to be. God, help us to see the bigger picture. Help us to look with eyes that look to eternity in the midst of our suffering. May we bubble over, God, with joy. Joy in what you're doing in us. In Jesus' name. Amen.